midget wrestling. I know yeah. I talked about it a little bit already, but I'm doing it on the air just so people hear about midget wrestling. <laughs> or at micro wrestling, I'm sorry, is the name of the company, but we're just going to keep saying midget. I'm it, not, dude. It was I can't. so much fun. I think it was like one of the... I would have loved to see the, the Royal Rumble, dude. That shit would have been was. Dope. Six of them in a ring. Six people per ring? Yeah, six for the Royal Rumble. But it's like whoever gets thrown out of the ring gets eliminated. Right, right. Well, the, <laughs> there was one dude that he got thrown, but somehow he like grabbed the ropes and did a backflip back in oh, the ring. Oh, that's like, fucking dope. They were very athletic. It was impressive. Like uh, and, acrobatic uh, motherfuckers. Yeah, like they were doing backflips off the top rope, and uh, one, <laughs> one got pile-drived at one point. But it was funny because his head wasn't long enough to reach between his legs because, like, his torso yeah, was yeah, too yeah. short. So he just, like, got pile-drived into the dude's gut. Yeah, so his head never hit anything. <laughs> never hit the ground. Shit, that's genius. I guess that's kind of how they do it, though. In, like, uh, professional wrestling, the head gets tucked between the legs. And yeah, they kind of... But, like... It's less noticeable because right, it's tucked. Right, like this, right. you could see. Just like, like, oh my god! There's like eight inches of room between the <laughs> legs and his head. Oh shit! The smallest one was three foot six, and uh, there was this one that was like probably four foot two, and he must have been like three hundred pounds. He was massive. I couldn't. Holy ima- fuck, dude! Yeah, you know I just, how like no, how I, like, big, literally that just hit me like how damn. big that is at that short. Yeah, that's like morbidly obese, dude. He was like, <laughs> like couldn't damn. walk and stuff. I feel sorry for his heart, dude. That thing's got to be just fucking racing. And there was that old guy that tried to fight one of the midgets because they were talking shit about Michigan. That's so fucked up. Which was great, worth the whole price of and the it was ticket a, alone. And it was a. Full standing old guy. Yep, I mean he was shit faced, but he was a normal height. That's fu- why were they dude. were they fucking like he was fucking with them, and then they were like fuck Michigan. Well, they had no, they were just talking mad shit. Like yeah, 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 they yeah. get out there, and the one dude's like oh, like a part of the act. Yeah, like gotcha. a part of the, they're like creating banter and shit. But he gets out there, and he's looking around, and he's like, "What's up, Ohio?" And I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> like, because everybody hates him. Right, right. And he's uh, looking around, and somebody's like, this is Michigan. And he's like, oh. He's like, this place is a fucking shithole. <laughs> like, he's looking around, and he's like, y'all are some ugly motherfuckers. <laughs> and then, That's pretty funny, dude. This old dude, like, I couldn't hear what he said because I was too far yeah, away. Yeah. But he got up by the ring, and he's, like, throwing his hands and pointing at him and shit. And uh, the guy with the microphone's like, sit your old ass down, man. He's yeah, like, you look dude. like a fucking marshmallow. He's like, I have the microphone. It's and just people, man. It was so funny. Okay, like, you know that they're that they're going to put on a show. To talk shit. But I don't think shit. he legitimately knew. Or he was that drunk that he was, like, taking offense to it. Right. It's just like, dude. But there was, like, three of them that just kept calling this place Ohio. <laughs> like the crowd kept booing and shit. Yeah, booing. I don't know. I just it. And they had Midget Ozzy come out and sing some fucking uh, half a crazy train and Mama I'm coming home and then <laughs> he did War Pigs. Oh, that'd be dope. But yeah, I guess Midget Ozzy was on TV with like Real Ozzy and Sharon. At really? Some point. I was like, I gotta look up the interview to see. Oh, it. I've never even seen. I never, I didn't even know there was a mini Aussie like that, but Steve knew. He's like, oh my God, they brought out mini Aussie. Yeah, of course he knew. That's crazy. I was yeah. trying to Aside think of any. from the lackluster seating, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think seeing the turnout that they got, if they do it again, they'll probably organize it better. Because there was, I think they said about a, a thousand people there. Oh, that's a good turnout for around here, for sure. Yeah. Especially when it was rainy and shit. Like, yeah, the weather's been so weird around here, dude. Like, today was literally like the definition of a fucking Michigan day. Yeah, got it's up windy for work. As hell out today. And I wore a fucking hoodie to work, pants the whole night. I could have probably wore a fucking winter hat. Yeah. And then I, and I it was took, freezing last yeah, night. Yeah, dude. So I take a half a day, and to until now, which is three forty six, I got out at nine. 
I've changed my clothes three times <laughs> because it's, it's that like, time of year, dude. Yeah, you, it's so crazy. You wear shorts and t-shirt during yep. the day, and then you need a hoodie and jeans at night. Fucking gnarly, man. It doesn't seem like it's already that time of no, year. No, not at all. And uh, our fucking children go back to school really quick. Yeah, next Monday. Which, or the following Monday after the one coming up. I have no comment on that. I feel I feel bad for him be quite honest <laughs> for going back to school yeah he doesn't listen to the podcast so i can i can say that but i feel it dude like i can't blame him for like being like fuck this man i don't why do i have to because i was like that too you know yeah now my kids the same way but then you got to be like because you fucking have to or whatever you yeah. know well i just basically do you know what any dad does don't be a fucking moron go to school <laughs> yeah you have to I can't tell you how many times I've talked to my kid and been like, look, I know how bad this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. know exactly what you're feeling. But afterwards, like, if you don't pay attention or don't do your shit in school, I was like, afterwards sucks way more. Yep. Like, I was like, just get it fucking done while you're there and take it from somebody who didn't get it done while they were there. Like, just do it. All I got to do is be like, look at your uncles. Yeah. Like my half brothers, dude. And he's just like, I got gotcha. you. You know, he knows what's up. So, making these lists for this episode, the two lists, yep, made me realize how, like, very uh, not developed metal was in 1980 and 1981. Yeah, that got, because of the conversation we had the other day about, um, when I mentioned, like, man, it's crazy they got hip-hop, like, nailed down to a day, yeah. right? So it's like 50 years old, but that's what doing this made me realize, like, technically black metal is as old as my old lady. They're they're born in the same year or yeah. whatever. And it just seems like, it just doesn't seem it's crazy to me, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's been around longer. But I feel like I've never seen an actual day for when for metal was created. Exactly. Because I, it's always somebody has a varying opinion of who started it originally right. they're like oh it was black sabbath or oh it was coven or it was like uh, i think it was blue cheer blue cheer or just any of that shit like you're like who actually started it or i mean it should have yeah, just developed over time or something like yeah that's true anything. like it just sort of developed over time there was a that one 70s band jerusalem Oh, yeah, yeah. That was in, like, the early 70s, and that was pretty fucking heavy for the 70s. There's a song on Pink Floyd's soundtrack for, well, it's the song, it's like the third album or something. That shit's almost metal, dude. It's fucking weird, like, how how fast it is, and then, like, even in the vocals. Yeah. You know, and then the next song, of course, is, like, about G.I. Joe's humping fucking crayons or something. I don't know (laughs) what they were talking about. Well, I think like they, oh, it's more. It's fucking soundtrack is more. Duh. Rock and roll, like the term, I think has a day, or a, or at least a who said it first because it people say it was Bill Haley, wasn't it? I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure either. Like I'm sure somebody said it beforehand, but like he, he according to most, pop, pop popularized the, the term. term definitely. So what do you think like started metal in general? Like, not hard rock. Yeah, okay. I'm talking, like, actual, like, metal, metal, like, as what we're thinking. What do you think kind of catapulted it? Black Sabbath, dude. I don't know. I'm on that with the Ozzy and the Tony Iommi thing. Yeah. I mean, only for the simple fact, drop D. Yeah, drop D. um, The lyrics. The lyrics and... The whole like the album artwork, the yeah. the sound, the doomy like kind of horror unsettling sound. That's what I would probably put my flag on that. Yeah, because you could say like Coven has dark looking artwork, mm-hmm. but when you listen to their music, it just kind of sounds like rock hard rock. Yeah, yeah. It's not really like holy shit. There's it doesn't sound scary. There's a demon spawning right. in my living room. And like listening to Black Sabbath, I don't feel that really either. But if I take myself back to sixty nine and there's nothing else like yeah, that, yeah. then yeah, I could see that happening. That's what I mean. Like you just said it. 
if you've never heard that before and then you hear those opening chords, yeah. you're like, oh, shit. There yeah. is, you and know. Like, oh, something's about to happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can see why they like, they put some little messages in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, definitely, probably with Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. I would think that what we think of as metal, that would have been like. Yeah, they, at the very least, laid the foundation. Definitely. And then everybody else kind of built off of that. And I don't think most people really argue that. Like, yeah, I think that's most people most, are like, kind universally of like, yeah, Black accepted. Sabbath. Now, I've heard arguments where you can ask somebody and then you can kind of tell which way they're going is like, what was more important to you, Black Sabbath or The Clash? You know what I mean? And then, like, you know, some people, Black Sabbath, some people, Joe Strummer. It's like Ozzy or Joe, I don't know. I've heard that comparison anyway here and there. It would uh, it'd be hard for me to pick one or the other, to be honest. For just more, like if you, for just more important in general, not like... Like, I mean, like if you... Which one had more of an impact on, on you? you yeah. Like, yeah, okay. And um, what I mean is it'd be like... I would say Sabbath. Sabbath on your end. Yeah. But I do love some Clash, so. That's why it's hot. When I think about it, but it's like, it's I go like back half, and half, think you know? of like, okay, the Clash's first record was great. I loved it. Yeah. And then they kind of changed their sound a little bit, the second record and the third record, and it kind of keeps. Oh, fuck. Then you get to London Calling eventually. And, uh, London like Calling's number third. two. I thought there was one in between. No. There's The Clash, then there's London Calling, then there's Combat Rock, then there's Sandusky. It's not Sandusky, but that's Sandis. Sand, I can't even speak. Sandisk, that one. It's like, <laughs> it's actually not that good, and there's like three albums in it. There's a lot of songs, but everybody already left the band. It's just like Joe, basically. I gotta look up the name of the record that I'm thinking and of. And then there's... Uh, Give, give them, them enough rope. Give them enough ropes, number two. But that's like an EP or something, isn't it? No, it's a full album. It's ten songs. Why is that not considered their fucking... Because that came out in 78, and London Calling was 79. And then San, Sandinista, and then Combat Rock, then Cut the Crap. So Give Them Enough Rope was more of a rock album than a punk-sounding album, well, in, my, I, in my opinion. I know... Um... London Calling is considered the best album of the 1980s by, like, whatever kind of fucking statures. Mm-hmm. I like their self-titled album the most. Oh, the fucking, I love, like, and then White the, Riot and all that shit, dude. Jail Guitar Doors and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Is, uh, well, I love that song. But anyway, uh, moving on past the 70s onto the 80s, there was not, like... I wanted to keep my side of things like what I consider metal, not what was considered hard rock at the time, even though I know at the time like metal was still in its infancy and being coined to be that way. So hard rock was metal at the time, if you get what I'm saying. Like that was the term for it then. No, I get it. But like, you and I both said this before, right before we started. Def Leppard's On Through the Night is considered to be a metal album. It's metal, dude. I think it's hard rock. I think that fucking, I think it's a metal album. I think it can be a metal album. High and Dry. It's hard for me. Hard rock. Hard, yeah, High and Dry, hard rock for sure. On Through the Night, I can, I can live with it being called a metal album. However, it's hard for me to, in good conscience, call Def Leppard metal. Well, it, that just kind of goes back to the whole, like, time and place thing, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it is, I mean, tempo, it's fast, it's... Fucking, fucking lyrically, the drumming, they just talk about fuck partying The shit. drumming's heavy. And, yeah, both arms. But I will say, like, yeah, both arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say guitar tone is not as, like, heavy as what, uh, like, Judas Priest would be at the oh, time. Oh, definitely. Yeah, or, no, yeah. But they were, Def Leppard, Judas Priest, all part of that, you know, the new wave of heavy metal. Yep. And there was very few American bands yeah, involved yeah. in this. Actually, I mean, there was, but they were, like, more considered to be on the hard rock side thing, I think. Yeah, in my 1980, I only have one American band. What is it? 
Van Halen. Okay. I didn't even put any Van Halen. Which is again which, like right, which time and place. Women and children. <clears throat> women and children die first. That's okay. And I would say fair warnings pretty once they got to nineteen eighty four though, and it was all like jump and shit, definitely not so much metal anymore. Yeah, that was more hard rock, and I don't even know if that's hard rock. It's well, kind of radio rock. And it's like you were saying, 1980-81, if Def Leppard, and it's hard for you to say Def Leppard's a metal band, right? So Van Halen's Women and Children Die First, if that would have came out in 83, I wouldn't have considered it a metal record. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Because there's but way you gotta heavier work. shit that... But yeah. you got to work your way up to it, right? You got to work with what you have and work your way into it. So that's that's where I got the Van Halen from. And there's some fuck kick ass songs on that album too. Yeah, um, one album from the eighty nineteen eighty that I thought was loved it. It was total metal record heavy, and it like checked all the boxes for that. It was Diamond Heads, um, Lightning to the Nations, and. Is yesterday me and Steve were doing a comparison to this because we were looking at all of the things that are considered to be metal at that time. Yeah. And listening to what we could pick out of there that would be metal. And we did this with Def Leppard's On Through the Night and uh-huh. did this Diamond Head album. And when you put them back to back, Def Leppard sounds just like rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diamond Head had like a huge sound, big heavy distortion and i mean punchy real heavy drums and it was metallica pre-metallica yeah, basically yeah, yeah. is what it sounded like so to me like i was trying to stick in that realm of things so i left off like van halen and um crocus or like shit like that def leppard yes yeah, he had i seen some people consider plasmatics to be metal I, records i noticed but that too and i'm like i don't they were more on the punk side of things I, yeah and even motorhead was kind of a i don't know if you want to consider mo- I put motorhead on on both fucking both years so ace of spades and um, live at hammersmith live at hammersmith because they're fucking great dude yeah i love them i mean i'm wearing a motorhead oh yeah right there now, you go but and I was I would just say saying, like, time, Lem- Lemmy's metal. always been like, oh, we're not a metal band. Yeah, we're, we're a rock, rock and roll band. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, they did, in many ways, influence metal to be what it is today. Oh, so rightfully definitely. so, I think Ace of Spades deserves to be on the list. What else do you have? Iron Maidens, self-titled. So, yep. Which, to be uh, completely honest... It's got a lot of punk influence, it's too. Like, it's very punky. Yeah. But but it leads that bass and stuff uh-huh. and just the there's definitely the musicianship that you see like yeah it's there so that for sure Black Sabbath's Heaven and Hell obviously that's on my list a, as well was a definite because I actually went back and played that the other night because I just like oh, I haven't listened to this yeah, it's in a, a while fucking let's see killer album dude and you're like this fucking record's so good and um, a side note and I mention this probably every fucking time but the band Heaven and Hell and that was like Ronnie's fucking last thing or one of his last things before he died. Yeah. That shit is so heavy, dude. Like, it's just, I think it's the way they mixed it, you know? But, like, when the bass and the chugs are, it's like you can feel that shit pounding off your system. It's pretty rad. And then Ronnie's voice comes in. Pretty dope. I also put, which I'm, I don't know, did you uh, put British Steel on there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Got to I mean, to me, that's probably... Even if you kind of consider the music itself to be a little more punky. Twin guitars, man. The guitars, the... Lyrics. The outfits, the, the outfits. dress up, the stage presence, yeah. all that. It was definitely I, yeah, definitely metal. Okay. Angel, Angel Witch's self-titled album was another one that okay. I put on there. Because I listened to Angel Witch. I just didn't get it on the list. It just... I almost took it off, but I was like... Eh. Because it's not really that heavy, but when you listen to it lyrically, like it's, yeah, it it's all there. Yeah, It's just not done in a extreme metal type of way. Yeah, they got to wait a couple of years. Yeah. And that's kind of like the, I see with this, like our whole list is kind of like that in this 
as far as especially 1980. Yeah, 81 started to get a little bit better. And then when we get around to 82, 83, we'll have yeah, some fun. Yeah, that shit's going to be but dope. Yeah. Not that this wasn't fun. It was just like, man, there's like... Hardly anything crazy. Not that much, because at the time, I mean, Blackfoot and Blue Oyster Cult were considered metal. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was, to me, that's just rock. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't go into a store and be like, yeah, where's your metal section? And then they got Blackfoot right there. Yeah. Although I will say I think we had Blackfoot at one point in our metal section. But it was probably to bulk it up. Yeah, you got to bulk it up, dude. <laughs> bulk it up. I guess, you know, what I'm thinking, too, as I'm looking at these lists, like we were saying, in 1980, I would say Def Leppard on Through the Night was metal. Today, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, if you take... And same thing if with you Motorhead, take all I the variables out of the equation and leave yourself with only X amount of things, yeah. then yes, I would. You know what I mean? Yeah. And actually listening to this and I, when I went and listened to that Def Leppard record, because yeah. I never really like listened to it. I mean, I've heard it, but yeah, I never yeah. actually like tuned into it. It's actually pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. And I'm not really a big Def Leppard fan. The only like, reason I like gave it a chance was because of adam kirchhoff of all fucking people yeah which said that it was a good record well he was like he played one of the songs and was like this reminds me of blah 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 right and i was like i didn't even believe it was def leppard at first you know and that's uh, how like the first few journey records are they don't sound like anything, anything like how you know journey oh that's yeah they didn't get um steve perry to yeah, the fourth record yeah that's so right. It was more like Journey's self-titled album. Yeah, self-titled album. Um, Next, and I can't remember the name of the other one, but Next is, I mean, if that came out in 1980, if you put that side-by-side with Def Leppard, you could have considered that to be a metal record. Yeah, that's crazy. And think about calling Journey a metal band. Never. You wouldn't. But, man, that would be crazy. Fucking check out my jean jacket, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Courts, Stand Up and Fight, was a record that came out in 1980 that was a, I believe they were a British band, if I remember correctly. I don't have like a whole lot to say about it because I don't know a whole lot about it, but that's one of those albums that the band like made a few records, but they never got anywhere because there was so much throughout the 80s that happened in metal music, so they just didn't ride it out. That's a in the line. I noticed but that. But it's a good record. Going through this too. It was like there's a lot of bands that had like one or two albums out. And then just fizzled and just, out. Phew, yeah. Steve put Riot on his uh, Yeah. And I listened to it and I was like, eh, I'm not He's like, I know you can't it's not metal, but in nineteen eighty. Right. And I only knew that band because they have some of the stupidest album covers ever. It's, yeah, they that, have like yeah, a, yeah. It's that a robot seal. one with the fucking bucket. Is that is that one? I think so, but everything has a seal on it, like the animal a seal. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a like a Conan barbarian thing, but the head is a seal. Here and like the first record is just this big seal head on a human body, and it it just looks like it looks like a joke because you're like what the fuck like who would put this on their record seriously and then try to actually like sell it as and a, they're like a rock all album. about it yeah and they were like yeah it's got to be this and i don't know the whole story behind like how that happened but scorpions animal magnetism is another one that steve has that on his list yeah it's uh, again not like metal metal but it's it's got the fucking uh yeah the scorpions i get that it's got like the foundation of is what i was gonna say have you ever watched that heavy metal movie that steve was talking about the, the cartoon the one? movie heavy metal yeah yeah oh yeah i've never watched it it's uh not great it's it's cool just because of what it is but it's uh it's not something i'm like do you need to watch right this? right I've just I watched it because I've always seen it and I've always seen the soundtrack and I'm like oh cool soundtrack cool artwork yeah I like the soundtrack's cool I just I've never watched the movie so yeah I it's just all right if you did <laughs> fucking Pat Benatar was on a 
one of these metal lists that I was looking at. Oh, dude, uh, did you happen to see there was an Instagram post and it was about like the infomercials that would play like in the middle of the night where it was like you can get 20 hits on two CDs for 1995 country yep. blah, blah blah they did a punk one dude what was on it like i think pat benatar might have been on there i don't know if i consider her punk no 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 more uh, like new wave the vapor yeah it was all like new wavy shit the va- uh the vapors were on there maybe the jam but it was like really bad, dude. And the actors are like, "You want to get punk, man?" And it's like, <laughs> dude had a leather jacket on, big hair. It was, it's like on two CDs or twenty four ninety nine, or two cassettes for twenty one. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. So I wonder, like a heavy metal one would would get Journey. Oh, it might depending on the era. Which find their first two records came out in nineteen eighty. They were an English band. Oh, okay. Yep. Both great albums. The and Give Them Hell? Yeah, Give Them Hell, and what was the name of the other one? Stage Fright. Oh, okay. But they both have lots of elements of metal mixed into them, and there's a, like a little bit of doom metal in there. And same with Diamond Head. Diamond Head, like, they had some really like doomy, doomy riffs in, yeah. throughout that album, which I think obviously was probably Sabbath-influenced, but I'm sure there's been bands along the road that, have looked to that album and been like, oh shit, like because it it's got like a a candle mass feel to it in certain ways musically, not, yeah, yeah, not lyrically yeah. or I mean vocally, but but musically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both those two first Witchfind albums are great, and honestly, I've never really listened to them past that. I've oh, honestly, always, I've only heard Give Them Hell, really. Yeah, Give Them um, Stage Fright sounds pretty damn close. Yeah, to, same thing. Yeah. Same style of music, same sound, same, you know, all that. Yeah, yeah. Tigers of Paid Tang, too. Oh, that's 1981. Yep. That was on Steve's, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was, I I believe, yeah, I put it on my 81. Yeah. Only because it's like another. A, never got into that band. Like I know who they are, but. That's kind of how I'm with really Diamond Head, you know, yeah. like the other way around. Yeah, you know the reference. And, then, and yeah. Lightning to the, the Nations thing. album is pretty fucking sweet, yeah, actually. Yeah, and I just you know was from hearing interviews from like Lars or something when I was younger was, but I think he mentioned Diamond Head all the time too. <laughs> I would hope so. They sound that's I you know it was Metallica before Metallica. Metallica like, that's what I'm saying. Like he Lars him. probably owes his success to that. That's what I'm saying. Record. Biting him, but yeah, I don't know. Also, another I think is an actual metal album. Is Killers in 81. Yeah. By Iron Maiden. I gotta wrap up 80 really quick. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. With Blizzard of Oz, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's on everybody's list here, I believe. Well, I knew if we did not... It's not on here. Yeah, it's not on Steve's. It's on mine. Uh, I figured it would be on yours, Dude, it's fucking Randy Rhodes, bro. I was like, oh, we can't jump into 81 without saying Blizzard of Oz because somebody is going to be like, um, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. But yeah, Blizzard of Oz for sure. But yep. yeah, uh, Killers in 81, definitely. I think Iron Maiden's artwork helped metal music quite a bit because they had a reoccurring character yep. who was dressed up in all these different scenarios, but it was always fucking it was always evil Eddie. looking. Yep. And it always... I can't think of a single Iron Maiden album that I haven't looked at that I'm like, that's fucking sweet. And... Even their bad albums have cool, cool album artwork. artwork. Yeah, that's true. That latest one, the fucking Samurai one. Dope. It's fucking crazy. The artwork, artwork, I love it. Record didn't really exactly. care for it. That's it was, how I am. It had a couple good songs, but I listened to it because I was like, well, I got to listen to it just well, to listen to Maiden. it. But yeah, it it's wasn't. definitely not one that I'd return to. Oh, me neither. I think... The latest album in their career that I really enjoy was Brave New World. Yeah. In like 2002 or one, whichever year that came out. Yep. I love that album. I think it's one of, honestly, I think it's one of the best Iron Maiden records. I don't know if I go that far. I'm going to have to listen to it from front to back. I haven't listened to it in a long time. It's fucking good, But it good, is dope, dude. dude. Fuck yeah. I'm going to have to do some comparisons. I'm just going to quit my fucking regular job and... uh <laughs> Just listen to these records all day to figure out what's what, like I used to when I was a kid. Yeah. That whole no job thing is fucking awesome. You know, when you're a kid. Yeah, and you don't have shit to pay. 
Anvil's Hard and Heavy was a 81 release okay. that I think deserves to be on the list. I got a I w- I got a question about Anvil. Go ahead. I'm not like a super Anvil no. aficionado, so I don't know if I'll know. Me, me neither, but you've have you watched the documentary? Anvil's documentary? Yeah. I've seen it here like while Steve was okay, watching it, but I didn't watched? I didn't pay attention, okay. pay attention. I caught like clips. Now I've watched it like three or four times. I think I have a bootleg copy of it somewhere. And um, I don't know if we'd be talking about and we might be talking about Anvil, but I don't think most people would know. Like Anvil would have been another like I don't know courts. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for that documentary, but then in it, like Slash and a couple of other big guitar players are like, and musicians from big bands later down the road were like, well, if it wasn't for fucking Lips from Anvil. This wouldn't be this. This wouldn't be that. Blah blah blah. You know, and then yeah, it kind of no, tells the story a... of how, sorry, how they get. Basically, they're fucking so close to the fucking top, and then like yeah. you see how it just crumbles. I mean, it wouldn't think of how hard it would have been to make it at that time, though, because and they're from Canada, and they're <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I that's mean, that's right. a hard market. That. That's hard to get out of there, man. Yeah, and to break into America, especially like especially then. to compete with Rush. You're like, yeah. uh, we already got our Canadians. We don't need any more. <laughs> and then I want to say, yeah, when did Brian Adams start putting out records? Like, 83, 84, man? Lips didn't have a fucking chance. Yeah. But those albums, like Metal on Metal, that shit's heavy as fuck, dude. Oh, yeah. Like They had a good run of records, for sure. And I I think they do get talked about, but I don't think they get talked about enough. I don't think... Like, when you're talking metal in general. Right. Like, everybody thinks Metallica, Maiden, obviously, the names. Yep. But when you, like, get a little past that, Anvil, yeah, definitely. Like, they were highly relevant at their time, but also long forgotten by people who weren't in that era. Right, right. I mean, uh, he's wearing, like, strap-on dillies and, like, all kinds of silly shit that, like, didn't come around for a long time. Another band kind of in that same realm from the 80s was Sirith Ungol, which was a band that was the Lord of the Rings, some character villain in Lord of the Rings. I can't remember exactly oh, the what name. the fuck it was. The name, yeah. Fuckers. Uh, the album's Frost and Fire. It came out in 1981. It's kind of like Manowar a little okay. bit before Manowar, but less obnoxious singing. Okay. I mean, I like Man of War, but the guy's yeah, got a the guy's got a voice that you kind of got to warm up to. Yeah, I'm not a I, I I'm not a Man of War dude. But yeah, it's because of the vocals. Serious, I'll put it like in the we'll put it in the playlist for the episode for Definitely. anybody that hasn't heard it. But check it out because you'd like it. It's actually really good. Well, I'm gonna have to now. Shit. So you want to talk about the big one in '81? The heaviest one. Yeah. No, let's save that. Okay. Let's get to that. Uh, Mob Rules came out. In oh, yeah, that's right. I Black have that Sabbath. on here. That was obviously another one. Those two Dio albums were great. And I love Dehumanizer, too. That's, like, one of my favorite Sabbath albums. But just the... I think the way that, like, Dio's voice complements Geezer's bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the way they ride together. I don't know. It's just a really cool tone, and there's so much groove to both of those records. Where it, which was probably refreshing at the time because you just came out with Never Say Die and Technical Ecstasy, which both of both them were pretty, pretty lackluster. Yeah, People love Never Say Die, like the song. I'm like, fuck, I hate that song. I can't stand that damn thing. I like Dirty Woman on Technical yeah, Ecstasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ecstasy. I thought that song was good, and there was like maybe one other one. But I think, for one, the album artwork for them oh my totally God. fucked them. Because everybody was ecstasy. like, yeah, yeah everybody was so like, weird. what the hell is this? Like, never say die. I get okay, it. I can see with it. With the pilots. Yeah, with the that's pilots. That's pretty bad, but uh, yeah. But like, I get that but more it's than. way better than. More than the rab- or rabbits, robots doing it, uh-huh. like on the elevator or whatever Fucking it is. Weird. It's Definitely. a weird cover. Technical ecstasy. Uh, this is off the subject. I just want to mention this band name, Velvet Condom. I actually like the music. <laughs> Look it up. That reminds me of a house party. But it's just like, I was, was like, we were talking you, about it. Like, you want them lam- lambskin condoms? Yeah, yeah, you want them lambskins? But yeah, anyway, thought that was funny. Just because band names are, like, you, 
before, you know, like Iron Maiden, that name would grab you like, oh, man, I yeah. what that's all about. And then Weekend Nachos does not sound like it would be what it is. You know what I'm saying? That sounds like it would be like a post-punk band. Yeah, and it's just like heavy fucking power violence. You ever notice that like those bands always have, it'll be like a song title that has absolutely nothing to do with the song. Like, yeah, like just to like throw you like, off. Or... If you like self-loathing, you should try it on a jet ski. Or yeah, 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 else, something, something random. To that yeah, yeah. And it never has anything to do with the actual song. I think, like, 2000s post-punk bands are notorious for that shit. Yeah, you're right. They do have, like... Just senseless, dumb songs, but... No, I mean, I'm just in my head now. I'm thinking about fucking yeah. self-loathing on a fucking wave runner on Long Lake without gas and fucking... I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, that's so weird. So, what else do you have in 1981? Judas Priest, Point of No Return. Yeah. I would definitely quite uh, put that on there too. Pretty much anything priests except rock and roller was questionable. All, all pretty heavy. Um, I also put uh, Van Halen's "Fair Warning," which I think is the most underrated album in the Van Halen catalog. Really? "Fair Warning"? Oh yeah, dude. Like nobody ever talks about fucking "Fair Warning," dude. That's true. Ever. Yeah, come and to think of it, no, I don't ever really. No, like, you know, it doesn't have all the fucking hits on it and shit, but when you, it's fucking heavy though, dude. Yeah, I don't ever, I gotta go back and listen to that then to get a better idea for that, because I haven't heard that in a long, long time. It was actually the first Van Halen album I ever had, like on vinyl, because I ganked it from my stepdad, and he doesn't listen, so. <laughs> the first one I had was two. You know what's weird is, uh, I started collecting vinyl. It's like I had Van, I had almost all the Van Halen, like, all right, you know what I mean? It's fucking, I had to get all the Van Halen, and I hardly ever listened to it because it's just like burned into my head, you know? Yeah. Uh, Diary of a Madman came out in 81. Obviously, that's got to be on the list. You can't put the guy who helped create metal not on Um, the list. Right. (laughs) If in the solo Ozzy stuff, do you prefer, like, what is your favorite solo Ozzy album? Oh man, it's hard, right? Fuck yeah, it's probably between Blizzard of Oz and Bark at the Moon. I think mine would be Blizzard. You know, now I'm gonna throw a wild card uh-huh. in here and say that I also love Osmosis. Yeah, see, that's an underrated fucking album too. It's a very well written album. Like, like lyrically, lyrically, like he put a lot yeah. of like heart into those songs. Yeah, I don't know it well enough. Yeah, like that was like right when um, he must have just had Jack not that long uh, ago, okay. and there's a song like written to him on there, and I think there was one to Kelly. It might not have been on that record though. It might have been a different one. And I don't know. It just seemed like he put a little more heart and soul into the record itself, right, which right. was cool to For like sure. hear from the guy that's normally singing about fucking witches and war and shit like that. It def it'd be on any given day it'd be Blizzard of Ozerbark at the Moon. Yeah. Mr. No, Crowley. No for Diary? No, I, I love Diary. I'm just, just not in the top. If I can only pick one, you know. Right. Yeah, you gotta narrow it down. Uh, the Night Com- or um, I'm sorry, the Nightcomers is the name of the record, but Holocaust, the band, was another that I threw on my list. Yeah, see, that's another thing I was thinking about, was, like, think of all the bands that were bands in 1980, 81, but haven't put anything out yet. Yep. You know, like... Or even that they were bands in 78, 79, had a break until 82, yeah, yeah. and then they were in between albums, because there was a ton of those, too. That is But then true. there was, like, in 81... I mean, like, Merciful Fate formed, and, like, there was, like, a whole bunch emerging right there. So, like I said already, 82 gets a lot more interesting. Because I was just thinking about, you know, Exodus and shit. Yep, Exodus, too. Yeah, that's right. I didn't even think about that. I mean, they've been around forever, dude. So, the, I think, I mean, you said that already the big one. Yeah. But I think the heaviest... And probably the most influential to 
metal as we know it in 1981 would have been Venom's Welcome to Hell. Fucking A, right, dude. I mean, the artwork, the music, the lyrical content, the attire. Everything. Uh, everything. Yeah. I think they owe to Venom. Like, Because yep. if you... I hunted far in between and like looked for these oddities because I'm like, man, there's got to be some fucking something before thrash metal in 1980, 81, or like the a random death metal band that just never even. I'm like, there is nothing. So just when you look at that, you're like, fuck, it's Venom. Like they, I mean, they they're owed the torch to I think metal music. As far today. as far as how we know it, today. yeah, yeah, dude, I would fucking, I totally would put it there. That being said, the cut like, were they the first ones to use the goat's head in a pentagram? I doubt it on a cover. I mean, that's I just, a good question that I should have thought of I know, before I know, the I mean, episode. Yeah, we could totally. But I'm gonna guess that Coven did something oh. with a goat prior to, but maybe not. Let me look it up. Yeah, dude. It was Venom. Yeah, Venom. Yeah. I mean, according to just a quick, Whatever, quick yeah. Google search, I mean, I don't know. There's probably somebody out there is probably like, no, it was yeah. this. Aleister Crowley put out a record in fucking 1631. And he put a little one in there. It's a watermark. Yeah. Wasn't even a. <laughs> yeah. He just spit on it on accident. And it looks kind of <laughs> like, like, like a goat. Oh, yeah. Like when he spits, it fucking leaks into a pentagram yeah. every time. That'd be pretty nice. It's gnarly. one of them ink blot things. Yeah. What does this look like to you? Aleister Crowley spit? Yeah, fucking sold my soul <laughs> so I could spit pentagrams, dude. But yeah, uh, fucking welcome to hell. I have a, an original picture disc that's pretty cool, but it, it sounds like asshole. So I had to get a repop. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much have to, like, the... Because the pictures just, they're so bad back then. And the sound, like... Yeah. They didn't know how to record music like that. No. But... Yeah, even if I you mean, have, like, a, the best remastered copy, it still sounds, like, rough because of, like you just said. Yeah. They don't know how to record fucking drums and shit like that. So there's a band called Zimmer's Hole. Okay. That's kind of, like death clock in a way they're like a parody type of band they actually have uh, nathan explosion in a song nice but they have songs like called uh like fista corpse <laughs> but it's spelled like fista yeah 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 corpse yeah. like corporation yeah but they have this song called uh we were in the league and it's about glam rock mm-hmm. and versus metal and the the chorus is like when you were when you were shouting at the devil, we were in the league with Satan, <laughs> and they're and they're referring to Motley Crue yeah, and Venom. Yeah. And I, I've always loved that because I was like, wow, that does really. Because some people would be like, yeah, Motley Crue's metal, and they're I mean, yeah, they got metal elements right, to right. them and whatever, and they used a pentagram on their one record, but they're definitely glam rock. Yeah, like there's no if ands or buts about that, and. I think In League with Satan is obviously a heavily influential song to extreme metal music because no, nobody else was saying shit like that Fuck at the no. time. Like, yeah, Black Sabbath had some little biblical shit here and there. And, like, had well, look their, what this led to. Like, yeah, but look what that, it went to. Like, in, in a, the late when 80s. we get to the next couple of years, and you got like oh, Bathory man. and Celtic Frost and uh, all well, that shit that's coming what, out. Like, yeah, and then the whole satanic panic. Like, there yeah. was so much fabricated bullshit that came from this. Yeah. And it all started with fucking Welcome to Hell from Venom. And the track listing, like, that. Nobody has songs named shit like that, like Witching Hour, Sons of Satan, Welcome to Hell, Mayhem with Mercy, Angel Dust, Schizo. Yeah, Mayhem with Mercy. Fucking it's just it's so awesome. Yeah, it was um, neat records. Definitely owed to Venom for the what they did for extreme metal music. Even though, like, yeah, the record itself isn't, like, grindcore or right, something, right. but there wasn't fucking grindcore at the time. I don't even no, like, I don't yeah, even like that, grindcore, really, but you know what I mean? Venom, basically, the what we're trying to get across, if we haven't, is that is the most That's extreme, the heaviest fucking heaviest thing, thing you can that do you could have had in between 80 and 81. Yep. 
It was either or eighty one. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it was either that or fucking uh, Betty Davis eyes, you know, <laughs> yeah. or whatever else was. Yeah, on that the was radio. like the the high of the eighties, the charting single. Yeah, at that time. something like that. So, before we wrap this up, in 1980, what is your favorite record out of the stuff that we talked about? Man, that's probably Ace of Spades, to be honest, in my list. Okay. Of 1980? Yeah. Could be British Steel, too. I don't know. It's it's hard. I would, man, that's a fucking hard. I didn't even think about this. I should have <laughs> thought about it. Because as much as Iron Maidens is, like, kind of more on the punk right. side of things, it's still Iron Maiden's first fucking album, too. Yeah. yeah, definitely the artwork was more metal than punk. I'll take Motorhead out just out of, because of almost, like, the rock and roll element. British Steel. British Steel is probably the best overall album. Here's another thing I was going to say, and I forgot. And we left this off the list on purpose, but ACDC's Back in Black. Oh, that's right. I forgot to bring that up. Okay. I'm going to say that. Okay. Gun to my head. I'm going to say I can't stand ACDC. Right. But I will say that they did contribute a lot to metal music. Yeah. My point I was going to make was I think ACDC's Back in Black, as much as I fucking do not need to hear that album ever again, I think that's the perfect gateway metal album. Yeah, because it's not too heavy, but it has just all the right elements to like dip your toe and yep. start to feel the warmth of metal music yep. per se. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I cannot stand that album. Like no, I, just... I do not like ACDC. It's just... I think here ruined it for me. Like this, yeah, the invo- store, the, just the store, and Northern and Michigan, Northern Michigan in yeah. general, because people do not stop listening to it. It's like what I imagine is the equivalent to Leonard Skinner in the South, definitely. And I just don't want to hear it. But as a somebody who appreciates music, as an advocate for music, I can recognize when something needs to be stated. Definitely. So yes, like performance-wise, sound-wise, tone. Entertainment wise, I mean, think of the energy that they had at their shows and shit. Oh, like, well, yeah, and it's like you caught that all contributed man. with to metal. And yeah, the Angus Young, like little schoolboy outfit yeah. and stuff, which that's a must be a Brit well, thing, you I know. And you really got understand the, that, but well, yeah, they'd have they had in Australia, they had to wear, had to wear that thing. shit, yeah. Back in Black, Hell's Bells, Night Prowler. Oh, my Night Prowler might be on Highway to Hell. I don't know. I'm not the guy to ask. I'm just thinking. <laughs> but, like, Shook Me All Night Long, that's the song that I cannot, like, ever hear again. Yeah. But, again, it's like, that song pretty much led to, in my opinion, led to, like, all the fucking shit that I hate of hair metal. Yep. Like, girls, 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 and all that kind of crap. Like, to me, yep. started with that. As I, far yeah, as... I would agree. Um, I think, in my opinion, Heaven and Hell was the best record in 1980. And that was yeah, dude. Yeah, I could, I could. Uh, but I mean, that wasn't like look at some of these other bands' their debut albums. That was like their ninth record. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, they had plenty of time to adapt as musicians and stuff. So it could have went either way. Like Blizzard a lot of, of a lot of bands' ninth re- album is fucking terrible. Oh yeah, dude. But they make it that far. This was one of their best albums, I would say. So I, I'm gonna go with Heaven and Hell for 1980. Right on. And then 81 is going to be Venom's Welcome to Hell for sure. Definitely. An honorable mention for Killers. Yeah. I would say that. And uh, Except Breaker was another one that I had on my list that I didn't mention that I just realized for 81. That was another... It had a lot of metal elements to it. It was... My main thing was to keep it away from like what I think sounds like kind of glam rock Right, right. Or, like, because, I mean, uh, Rainbow's Difficult to Cure came out in 81. Yeah, Steve had that on his list. It's, I, But I don't think that's very it's metal. It's not metal, really, though. It's just kind of rocky, blues rock, a little bit of, like... Blues but, rock. I mean, I get it as far as, like, the members and shit, but that didn't have uh, Dio singing. It had... Um, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I had it, and I, I lost oh, it, gone. but... It had a different singer. Another and, another eighty one one I thought too was 
Dawkins fucking breaking the chains. Yeah. That's pretty metal. Yep. That would have been another good one for sure. I kind of forgot about it. It's like half written on my sheet, dude. It's like Dawkins, bruh. I know there's going to be, like, once we post this episode, I know there's going to be a few people that are like, oh, you should have said this, this one, or this. you should have said this one. And by all means, tell us. Yeah, like, let us I want to. I want to hear like, what is you guys' favorite metal records from eighty and eighty one? And is it different stuff that we didn't catch or that we didn't mention? Or, I mean, you could be calling a completely different band a metal band for that time. Like, we don't. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and we don't like, even know. Yeah, and yeah. maybe I don't consider it that. Or you're like, what the fuck, of, dude? Blue Oyster Cult? Are you fucking crazy? Have you heard fucking track? Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. Yeah, for sure. But unless you have anything else, Jeremy, I'm um, fucking hungry, and I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, I was thinking of news. Anybody out there who fucking loves Madball, Hoya's doing, like, a couple of European shows, and he's done, like, straight retiring. So, yeah, I read about that. So, um, I, I don't want to say it sucks, because everybody's like, I mean, seems cool like with it. it's not like he's disappearing. Right. He's still going to be relevant in the scene, and he's still, like, doing his podcast. And what reminded me of it was that you said Black Sabbath's ninth album. He did nine Madball albums. Yeah. And I was just thinking that's another band that really hasn't put out anything too bad. But anybody fucking likes Madball. If you're if you're able to check out the European shows, yeah, check if you them can out. get over there, man, fucking. Or if you're already over I'll, there, I'll go with you. <laughs> I won't. I'm not big on playing rides that long. Oh, I have never been. That's too long of a plane ride. It'd be like fucking eight-hour plane ride or something. Right on. Yeah, um, apparently some other people are hungry, too, according to my telephone. (laughs) All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. And like I said, comment on the episode. Let us know your favorite releases and share and tell your friends and shit. Yeah, everybody fucking follow us on all the necessary places, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. All that's in the episode description, and there'll be a playlist for this episode in the description also, so check that out if you're unfamiliar with any of the bands. Or you just want to listen to some cool shit this week, next week. Yeah, week. I had fun listening back. On yeah, some dude, that's what like the... But I'm more excited for... The future? In the future when we do <laughs> 82. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh man, this was an 82. But yeah, so we'll be doing 82 to 83 uh, in the next few episodes here. We have... A few interviews lined up in the next coming weeks, so after we get through a few of those, we'll be doing more of this. Peace out.